Hey, it's Sarah, and I'm here with another amazing interview for kids these days, a podcast brought to you by grant funding from the Kansas Department for Children and Families. Hello, everybody. We're back with another interview uh, with one of my colleagues from the ITSN team on the inclusion side. Um, I'm going to let her just go ahead and introduce herself. Sarah? Hello, my name is Sarah Skiles, and I'm a speech-language pathologist and early childhood educator. I've spent many years in public education, and I'm super excited to be in the childcare world now, sharing some of those experiences that I had working with young children and helping others with some of those experiences. Absolutely. So this, remind me, yeah, this is your first time working in in the in the child care setting because previously you'd worked in the school district setting. Yes. Um, a year ago, I worked part-time as a speech language pathologist and then spent some time volunteering in my little girl's child care center. Mm-hmm. And that's where I kind of established a love for child care providers and all that you guys do each and every day. Yep. Yep. Now it's, it's come back to me now. I remember that it was something about that. Yes. Cool. So today, um, Sarah and I are going to talk a little bit about her area of expertise, kind of the speech language, um, in, in the lens, through the lens of music, which happens to be Sarah's passion, um, and talk a little bit about inclusion, a little bit about kind of a little bit about everything like we usually do on here. Um, but really kind of with the focus of music. So I think one of the questions I've kind of been asking everybody that's been on is like, if there was one thing that you could go into a child care provider's home or into a center setting and that you could magically give them to do that they would know how to do starting tomorrow, what would that thing be? Oh, man. Well, using music and the powerful tool that it is, um, probably from the different trainings I've done so far during my role with ITSN, I've received a lot of really positive feedback about my song bag. Mm. Yes, is- talk talk about that. Yes, please. I was really kind of hoping that eventually <laughs> we would get to that, but I'm so glad that that's happening at the top. So let's do it. Um, Tell me about it. So a song bag is really just a box or a bag, whatever kind of container you have of basic objects, and each object represents a common everyday song that you might sing with young children. So Mm. you might have a star, which would be twinkle, twinkle, little star or a boat for row, row, Mm. um, row your boat. Really any favorite song. Yeah. Whatever you you guys all decide. You find an object that represents it and you just make it fun. So um, I always tell the kids don't peek and I have them reach in and not only, um, are we going to work on vocabulary and all the great speech language things that you can work on? Right. But they also are working on fine motor because I don't let them peak. Uh-huh. So they're feeling for their favorite songs because eventually they know what's in there. Oh, I um, okay. And so you get some other areas or practice in there as well. But yeah, I is one of the things that everyone after my trainings have said, oh, what a simple, simple idea, something that you can go and do tomorrow. And really, <laughs> you can use it for your circle time, or it can just be a time filler. 
Yeah, it sounds like a great transition. Yeah, a great transition activity is what I was thinking. Five minutes. Um, yeah. It's a great little thing to just have available anytime yeah. you feel some time. <laughs> Do you have a little one pager on that? Like how to make a song bag, like what it is, why it's important and what you can put in it? Well, I think with my updated brain-based um, handout that I created, I think it's mainly on one page. So it could be. Hey, because I that's definitely something we can share in the show notes for everybody if it was something that we had posted that we could share with people so that they, you know, could just have that little one page information that says, hey, this is how I make a song bag. That sounds super cool. I think I could get you it if it's not already done. Sweet. You guys heard it here. You heard it here. It's <laughs> so coming. It's now on my to-do list. Now you it's know? on your now it's on your to-do list. Oh no. It's I don't ever so mind adding things to my to-do list. I always am like, oh, wait a minute. You don't have control over everybody's to-do list, Sarah. You can't do that. No. Yeah, no. I think that's fantastic. And I love the, I love the, you know, it's not just like you had said a little bit earlier, we were talking before we started recording and you were just talking about how music is like the ultimate inclusion tool, if you were, if you will, because well, that you talk it. It was great. Okay. Well, I think I'm a person who really, not, I think I am a person who loves quotes. I feel like mm. people before me have said things. Don't reinvent the wheel. I can ever say it. And, um, it just reminds me of the quote, music is the great uniter and incredible force. Something that people who differ on everything and anything else can have in common. Yeah. Um, and that was Sarah Dustin who said that. And it just, tr I mean, it's true. Music yeah. encourages almost everyone to be involved in some way, shape or form. Um, kids can choose to do the actions, sing the songs, or they can sit back and listen, or honestly be running in the back of the room, jumping, dancing. Um, yeah. They can participate in music however they feel. And music yeah. activates our senses and both sides of our brain. So yeah. it's just a really powerful tool to use with young children. Okay. So I have a question for you. Um, oftentimes when I'm in programs and we're doing something and they just have music on in the background, like they're not doing an activity. It's not nap time. It's not whatever. It's just music in the background. And we usually talk and I say, um, how about we turn the music off? Because that's one more thing that they have to filter through. Am I right in saying that? Now, I don't know that I've done any research specifically on that, hey. but I guess thinking back to when I um, taught early childhood, really the only times that I had music on is if it was like a calming and it was super quiet to where unless the room was quiet, they wouldn't have heard it. Um, and sometimes I used it as a, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right, like um, just to kind of help regulate, but Really, I don't typically have music just playing. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I'd, I'd heard or read or whatever, maybe, and maybe also just part of my own, knowing my own brain, that if music, like if music is on, that's one more thing that my brain has to filter through to hear you trying to speak to me or hear somebody trying to talk to me. And as adults, I think we're a little more capable of filtering those things out, but children aren't. And so that adds to the the stress, the mental load of trying to understand 
and communicate with people when I have to do it over music that's in the background. I mean, it makes sense to me that it's just one more thing. Good. Because sometimes I feel like, can you turn that music off? Which I, I, I love music. I mean, I, when I work at home, I oftentimes will have, not oftentimes, but sometimes we'll have, you know, classical music or whatever on just to kind of engage my brain if I'm doing a real menial, boring task. But it just seems like one more thing. I think in an early childhood classroom, there's already, or an early childhood setting, there's already so much going on. Yep. Um, with noise and sound and toys and lights and visuals hanging. Smells. Um, Smells. So I guess for me, I always think about what is my goal with yeah. using music yes. or what yeah, is my yeah. target. Yes. Um, and sometimes what's the purpose? If I want the class or the children to be quiet, I'll tell them, oh, especially if it's a song they really like. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you want to hear this song, you're gonna have to be a little quiet because I'm gonna have it down low. Yeah. But I really only did that maybe a handful of times sure. in general. I mean, right. I use music to sing and work on yeah. basic social skills, children looking at your face and your hands as you're doing the actions and yeah. really to engage with the kids. Um, I don't usually just have music playing. Right, right. So you you kind of already answered the question, excuse me, that I had um, of ways to kind of use music to help in calming. Um and I like how you said, oh, if you want to be able to hear the song, you have to turn your voice down just a little bit. Um, obviously not the, if you want to listen to the song, you better be quiet. Not that kind of, but like modeling. It sounds like what I hear you saying is like using one, using the music to model the the level of noise, but then also using your voice to do that. It, I've definitely I don't know if really a question. <laughs> I don't know if it was, but I mean, it made me think of times where I've had friends who sometimes have trouble with that regulation and Mm -hmm. need some co-regulation. And honestly, there's certain songs that I would find that children liked. Yeah. And if they were feeling a little amped up. Yes. Thank you. Amped Mm -hmm. up. um, I kind of knew my kids and knew what songs um, they responded to. And if I would just one little child in particular, love twinkle twinkle mm-hmm. and if I would just get near this child and start singing twinkle twinkle with a soft quiet calming voice um it can be used as a regulator for sure yeah absolutely um, and a lot of times she would just melt in my lap <laughs> she just needed to hear she just needed to hear that right so music can be used to calm for sure um yeah. there's research out there um 60 to 80 beats per minute which right. why resting was that? heart rate. Yes. A mother's heart rate. Yep. Um, which of course in my trainings, Hopefully. I get, well, how do we find 60 to 80 beats per minute? And I'm like, well, you can try to search it. Yeah. Google it. But um, sure. really just thinking about the beat of the music. Is it yeah. fast? Is it slow? Once again, back to what is the goal of singing right now? Yeah. Is my is the or ch- are, are the children really calm and need to be amped up a little? Yeah. So yeah. we're gonna sing some songs where we get up and move and faster. Yeah. The kids are 
already <laughs> a little too much. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to slow sometimes it down. Sometimes we might sing twinkle, twinkle and pat every other syllable to yeah. help us slow down. So yeah. just what is the goal? Is it right now to try to regulate the room or is the goal to teach or a transition? I mean, yeah. music can be used honestly for everything. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I when I was a classroom teacher, man, I, you know, I sing, I would sing talk all the time. And I, I don't do it as much anymore. Maybe I should start doing that a little bit more. I don't know. But Powerful. man, yeah. Because I mean, I feel like you can teach just about anything if you put it to music. And, for sure. And the kids don't care if you can sing on sing in tune or not. Also for sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> really, they really do don't not care. care if you sound good no. when you sing. I'm well, not sure. I I sound good or not, but the kids love it. So I keep doing it. Right. 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 There. It's our own little validation. Well, when you were talking about, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, going back to what you said, yes, music can be used to teach everything. And honestly, when I think about things, I still remember from back in the day, I could still call pizza shuttle because I learned it to a Mm. jingle on the radio. hundred percent. Probably still say the 50 states in alphabetical order because I know a song. I, I just listened to a teacher the other day. She was changing a diaper and just singing, singing the singing that state song. And I was to to tod, uh, toddlers, one year olds. And I was like, and the kid was just looking at her, you know, yeah. I don't know anything about the states. No. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure I can sing all of the books of of the Bible, the, the Old Testament and the New Testament because of a song I learned in. I don't know, third grade or something. Yeah. I get mixed up a little bit in the middle, but you know, the idea is there. I like the States. I think I'm right. <laughs> like, oh, I feel like that's about right. Yeah. But I mean, it's because music activates both oh, sides yes. of our brain, which sure. gives it way more potential to get the information. The language is what I'm really passionate about. Yeah. Long-term memory. So yeah. if we can teach for sure. Music. It's also um, universal design for learning. It has the words, the lyrics, but then it also has the tune. So if kids hear that tune, like if you would just hum the tune of the ABCs, kids are going to immediately know that's what you're you're thinking about without the words. So, okay. I have two, two things. One, just to go back when you were talking about speed and tempo, and if you're wanting them to jazz up or slow down, I love to do head, shoulders, knees, and toes, and and then at a normal speed, and then do it really slowly, and then do it so fast that like you're not even really saying the words, and even with little toddlers, and they just kind of, you know, go crazy a little bit, and then and then you stop and you say, and they say more again, and you know, do you want it fast or do you want it slow, you know, and so teaching them those temp that tempo and that idea of speed and time and whatever whatever so it's yes. always a hit. it's always a hit I always get lightheaded but that's fine second thing love it but kids love, kids love it. it and my and- favorite is when I will do stuff like that in a classroom and then come back like the next week or two weeks later and they're like do you know how many times we've had to do head shoulders knees and toes really fast and really slow and I'm like I hope about 72,000 yes that's my hope and they're learning fast and slow. So they're yep. learning opposite concepts too. Yes, absolutely. And they're having fun. And they're having fun. Yes, they're always smiling and laughing. So the second thing was you referenced universal design for learning. And that is something that I don't know that we've really 
Mm, Sabina or Jen may have hit on it a little bit, but I know that that's another thing that you are really very knowledgeable about and passionate about. So I'm wondering if you might explain a little bit more what UDL actually means. Okay. We may have to do another podcast, Sarah. Fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. Um, In general, universal design for learning just encourages you to think about um, giving children multiple means of representation. So anytime you're teaching something, think about different ways you can teach it. So maybe hands-on, maybe an experiment, maybe visually, verbally, really, if you can do all of them, that's good. Um, And then it's multiple means of engagement. So really thinking about the why Mm -hmm. of learning, Mm -hmm. um, tapping into their prior knowledge and Mm. their reason for wanting to know this information. Motivation. And then multiple means of expression is the third component of universal design for learning. And it's letting kids show us what they know in different ways. So they could act it out. Could they draw a picture? Could they touch pictures on a communication board? Or do they have to tell us verbally? So um, giving kids really choice and how they show us, but then also being intentional about teaching in different ways. So and providing those ways for them to, to show what they know. So that was a super basic. No, it makes a lot of sense. And it really makes me think about like Mm multi-sensory learning, which is definitely, um, there's an episode maybe last season. I can't remember where I talked about sensory and sensory processing, et cetera, et cetera. And actually our next next episode or in two weeks, I can't remember, um, with Ingrid, we'll have Ingrid on and we'll talk about more about sensory processing and stuff. But the way that you describe universal design for learning sounds a lot to me like multi-sensory learning, making sure that I'm planning for the whole child. You know, mm-hmm. that if I can teach you something that involves as many of the senses as possible, that that's making, that's making multiple connections and elaborations in your brain to build that schema as it were. Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. So music is the universal teacher. Yeah. I mean, it can be used to teach. Yeah. To help regulate. Yeah. To- these transitions, a yep. transitions. Um, I truly believe kids learn language hardcore through music. Absolutely. Um, my little girl started singing from the, well, probably before she was born, but most definitely after she was born. And I mean, yeah. she could sing full songs. Yeah. At 12 to 18 months. Yeah. I mean, powerful brain yeah. research. Lots of research to back it up. I'm not just talking. Uh, Right, right, (laughs) right. Well, and there's, you know, uh, who was it? Oh, Tony Bennett, who just recently passed away. I'd watched an interview with his wife that had said, you know, towards the end, um, I believe he he had Alzheimer's or dementia. I can't remember which one it was, but that, you know, towards the end when he didn't remember who people were and he didn't remember those things, he always remembered the music. He was performing up until not too long before he passed but he always remembered the music. His brain always remembered the music, you know, and it's those things that you thought, you know, the state song and the, the books of the Bible and, you know, just being able to, you know, hear a tune and go, oh yeah, that's, I know what that's all about. Oops. Um, Probably 
also when using music, one of the things I really think is important is being intentional and thinking about how to incorporate movement Mm. with music. Yeah. Um, A lot of songs have words or lyrics that go with the song that um, makes the actions easy. So here, painting, stirring, but on those songs where maybe the actions aren't so easy to come up with, really just having them work on even padding with the beat, clapping with the beat, stomping, um, doing simple AB patterns. So pat clap, Um, just being intentional with movement and adding either visuals or props when possible, just to help Mm -hmm. encourage other children to engage in whatever way they choose. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean, I feel like, you know, you're like, oh, I don't know if we'll have enough time and all like I feel like you you totally hit everything like this is what music is and this is exactly what you should be doing with it oh I love it yeah I mean (laughs) it just it's one of those I think part of it I think for sometimes for providers it goes it kind of goes back to that um your comfort level with it maybe um you know like if music was something that you had around when you were a kid for one you know, you feel more comfortable with it, I would imagine. But two, like if you're somebody who's not necessarily comfortable with your own voice singing or just in general, singing in front of people feels scary. And yes, kids are people too, but they don't care what you sound like. They don't, especially if you're, if you are doing actions or using props and doing some of those other things, I mean, they are listening and hearing your voice, but they're just having fun. Yeah. Getting so much out of it. But I understand. I know yeah. not everyone's. And I think it helped that my first preschool practicum experience was with someone who was very passionate about uh-huh. music. And so that was yeah. my first experience really in the classroom setting. Yeah. And I think I used it as a speech language pathologist, but sure. not to the extent that I could have probably. Sure. Sure. Um, if I would go back to the schools and be a speech path again, there's doing a lot more music. I would do because again, if you think about your targets and what you hope to teach those kids who are working on opposite concepts, yeah, it's so simple to find those songs like Roly Poly or um, even asking kids to do fast and slow or choosing yeah. if they come or loud or soft. Just. Mm-hmm all those basic concept words that are so important. Yep. Um are so easy to teach through fun music activities. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, I know at the beginning I said what what's the magical wand you would give and you definitely said the song bag, which I 100%. But if somebody didn't have a bag and didn't have stuff and all they had was their voice, what would you tell them to do? Well, not everyone's comfortable with this either, but the concept of piggyback songs, um, which is taking those familiar songs that kids already know and you already know and changing the words to be something that fits your early care setting. So if you need the kids are struggling during hand washing time, taking everyone's favorite baby shark song 
Oh, Lord. I know most people uh -huh, uh -huh, <laughs> can't uh -huh. take no, it, but it's kids fine. love it. Yes, Super easy to piggyback. So just like wash your hands, do 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 do. Wash your hands, do do with soap and water, do do. You know, like yes. simple. Just taking songs you already know and making them something that meets your settings needs at that time. So transition songs, taking songs um, like Happy Birthday or Twinkle Twinkle mm -hmm. or. Hi ho, the Dario is super easy to yeah. yes. you back. Just changing the words or are you sleeping? Yes. That's probably one of the easiest because you say it, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Are you listening? Then your class repeats you or your kids yeah. repeat you. Yes. And then just change it to whatever you need. Whatever so you need. I think truly just being open. Yeah. This is my background. Just being open to considering. Mm-hmm the benefits and the power of using music to yeah. truly teach and engage all young children in some way, shape or form, because they're all getting something out of it. That's awesome. I don't know. It's so easy. Wand. No, I think that that that's probably one of the most magical magic wands because truly anybody could do it. Anybody as long as you're could do into it. it. As long as yes. you're, and I understand it's not comfortable to everyone. Yeah, but I think even just adding one song mm -hmm. a day, and then yep. maybe a transition song or a hello song, and just yeah. branching out, or starting with those simple songs like Twinkle yep. Twinkle. That yes, you could play them on YouTube or somewhere, but honestly, well, you, you get so much more. Um, you do from you singing because the kids are then looking towards yeah, your face. You're building that relationship. Yeah. And we know everything in this field is about relationships. It is. So and music is fun. Yes. <laughs> and when kids are having fun, they also good things happen. Like it. Yes. Yeah. Good things happen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because when they aren't, they will find something. That is for sure. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. they will. Yes, they will. Hence I believe in planning transitions and most of my transitions have, have music. a musical component. Absolutely. So. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, we've talked about it on so many different episodes, you know, on the circle time episode on cleanup episodes on, you know, about having that one song that's for cleanup time, because every time they hear that song, they know it's cleanup time, having that hand-washing song, you know, having those things that are associated with some of those routine boring tasks you know that helps their brain engage right and I think it's one of those things maybe they don't understand the words always but mm -hmm. when they hear that tune yep their brain's already cued to this is what I do next yep. and if they happen to not start going on their own when they hear the tune they'll see their friends yep. going and follow so yeah Music's powerful. It sure I is. wish everyone would jump on the music bandwagon. So, Hopefully after today's episode. No. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yes. <laughs> I mean, let's change the world one episode at a time. <laughs> absolutely. Well, Sarah, I really appreciate it. I This was fun. Um, I think that you just make, you make it so, you make it so accessible and so much fun and easy and just do it. So I think that's, uh, we need more of that. So thank you. Goal. <laughs> yes. Well, Good. you're welcome. I had fun. Good. Well, thanks.
Let me know if you need anything else other than a handout on the song bag. Yes. To be honest, be great. I may try to get, listen to me adding to my to-do list. I would love <laughs> to get you one on piggyback songs as well. That would be awesome. Um, And maybe just one on kind of considering your goal and really thinking about what, um, that's fantastic. What your goal is when doing music. Yeah. Sometimes it's a filler. Sometimes it's a transition. Sometimes you actually are trying to teach math or concepts. So yeah, that would be so awesome. But the other part of me just wants you guys all to take the training where you would learn all this. Maybe I can reference that training in the show notes. Okay, I will do that. So you can have some handouts, but then you can listen to me and watch videos. If yeah. you training. Look at her plugging away. Oh, I love it. <laughs> you do. You do. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thanks for coming. You're welcome. Have a great day. You too. Kids These Days is a co-production of the Casito Kids Infant Toddler Specialist Network and Casito Workforce Development Programs. These programs are supported through a grant from the Kansas Department for Children and Families, Child Care and Early Education Services. However, information or opinions expressed herein do not necessarily reflect the position or policy of the agency, and no official endorsement should be inferred. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, or want to share your practice related to this or a previous episode, please email us at kidsthesedayspod at gmail and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at kidsthesedayspod. If you love this episode, share it, rate, and subscribe. This episode was recorded and edited by Sarah Holmes. Music track, Cheery Monday by Kevin McLeod.